Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Want to say happy Thursday to you guys out there. Guess what? The week is almost over, uh, but you got to keep pushing. You got to keep striving to the end, as I always say. And, of course, uh, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by no other than YRN 1328. Uh, that means you're listening to a show. That's being broadcasted all over the globe, you guys. So big shouts out to YRN 1328. And um, if you haven't done so already, um, if you have uh, planned to uh, give your mother a Mother's Day gift, uh, you still have some time to to get them gifts in. So you guys know moms like the gifts. (laughs) So make sure you get that done. Uh, But nevertheless, um, you guys, you're in store for another a special show today, you guys. Um, I'm excited. Uh, we got a new guest um, on here this evening, you guys, and I'm talking about Arthur V.C. Moses Johnson of Steel Miracles. And uh, I'm later on in the show, I'm going to tell you guys the time I had with the title of this book. And uh, uh, V.C. was so sweet. We just laughed about it and just cracked up about it. Oh, my gosh. But I'm telling you, you guys are going to have to hear about that. But she's here tonight. She's going to talk about her book, uh, Still Miracles, and she's going to talk about her upcoming projects in the works uh, for this year as well, you guys. So, as always, make sure you share the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over. Let everybody know the Arthur V.C. Moses. Johnson is in the building over here on the beautiful Butterfly Radio Show this evening, you guys. And so, of course, we've got to pay those bills uh, to keep things going over here. So we're going to take a little break, but we're going to come back, and you're going to get to meet her and learn all the great things about her in this awesome book as well, you guys, when we come back with more right here on the beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Lisa from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. 
Be sure to tune in Friday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network, YRN 1328. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as I spoken earlier in the broadcast, I told you guys we got our special guest of the evening on here, uh, B.C. Moses Johnson. She's going to be joining us this evening. We're going to be talking about her book, Still Miracles, um, but she is also um, the author of um, Shattered, Covered, and Restored, um, which was birthed from a stage um, play um, of the same name. And so she's on here tonight, and we're going to learn all all the great things about her um, and her media group, all those great things. So we're not going to delay any further, you guys. We're going to bring our special guest of the hour on here. BC, you there? I am. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. I told um, Earl a little bit earlier, I said people um, are going to get a crack up of how I chewed up the title uh, for the book. (laughs) (laughs) So terribly, I'll tell you guys, uh, when we had originally created the flyer, um, I had Steel Waters. Now, I don't know where I got Steel Waters from. Um, but I was determined to put still water. We was determined to put still waters on there. Um, all these great things, and so she was like, "It these great except it's still miracles." <laughs> <laughs> you was in the word. It's all right. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, yeah. I think I need some still water right now to to to, to get me. <laughs> Get me going. <laughs> oh goodness! But nevertheless, I'm glad that you are up here on the show this evening. So, for the folks out there who may not know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm VC Moses Johnson, as um, you stated earlier. I am local here to Columbia, South Carolina, by way of Aiken, South Carolina, where I was born and raised, and. Um, I've been doing this writing thing for quite a while. I actually got the writing book from my grandmother. My paternal grandmother was a writer. She was a poet. Um, And so the words and and putting stories together, she was an excellent storyteller as well. And so I kind of got it honest um, doing the writing. (laughs) And then my media group, I started about two years ago. Okay. And so by day, I'm a teacher. So tech is what I did. Oh, <laughs> and, and that in itself is a whole nother job. <laughs> being, oh, absolutely. Being, being a teacher and, and working with, oh, my goodness. So kudos to you for 
<laughs> well, well, definitely. Yes, I'm definitely doing that. And so what was it about even going back to, you know, listening to your grandmother share stories and, and her being a poet, what was it about um, just words and stories that ultimately, you know, inspired you um, to write some of your own? I've always loved English. That was my favorite subject. I love to write in particular um, because mm-hmm. I just think words can really open open up your heart and take people into places that they've never been, take them right. out of their realities and into the the lives of whomever you're writing about, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I primarily deal with fiction mm-hmm. other than my latest project, which is nonfiction. But I love the art of telling a really good story and bringing right. people into that vivid life and color and all of that, that just really intrigues me. So that's why I love to write and put things down on paper to paint a picture for people. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, uh, for you uh, in getting into creating um, your own books and putting your own stories out there, when was that moment that you said, okay, you know what? I have a story that I want to share. I, I, I want to put out this this first book. So when was that moment that you decided to put out your your very first book? Was it Shattered, Covered, Restored? I wrote it as a play mm-hmm. initially. Okay. And we were mm-hmm. supposed to perform it at my church, and so we ended up not performing it. We did something else that I wrote for a holiday theme um, later in the year, and so it just kind of sat there. That was back in 2013. Oh. And um, wow. and I never thought about writing a book up until that point. I write a lot and I blog, but I didn't think about mm-hmm. writing a book. And so the story just sat there, and I kept looking at this family, looking at this family. I said, you know, I should write a a full length book on this family because the play right. just doesn't do them justice. It gives you a, a scale right. into their life, but not the whole thing. So I said, a book will really expand and meet, let people meet this family. And so that's when I decided Absolutely. to write a book based on that play. Absolutely, and usually with um, stage plays and kind of how we see with, you know, some of our the great movies that we've watched, um, it's hard for writers to kind of put everything, you know, in a stage play or everything in a movie. Absolutely. And so it's when you read the book, you find out a lot, lot of more detail of what happened, what took place, and how things related. So because exactly. with films and, and stage plays, you're on, you're on a, a time limit, correct, of, of how much you can Absolutely. put in there. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's not but so much you can do. You can just kind of give the surface in an hour and a right. half, two hour stage play or two and a half hour movie. And so, putting it into a book gives you that background information, so you understand how are these people connected, why are they connected, why do they act the way that they do. A book's going to tell you that. A stage play is just kind of the icing on the book cake. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and of course, uh, even though stage plays are are great because you know you you're giving people um, a visual uh, of absolutely. of the story, um, but like you said, um, for me, I find that even just reading, you know, when you read that book that really in, uh, captures you, uh, it kind of takes you on your own vivid uh, fantasy, if you will, uh, of what's taking place. And it kind of makes you feel like you're there, you know, while all of the things are taking place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's good writing should do that for you. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And how have you learned being, you know, writing stage plays or, or you know, doing things to, um, you know, show your work? How have you learned to maintain um, people's attention without losing focus? Because I know for me and a lot of people, if there's too much going on or not enough, I'm losing interest. I'm I'm going to get like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Absolutely. Or, I'm I don't want to read <laughs> I'm that reader. I try because I know how I read. I try to write yeah, the way that I yeah. read. <laughs> right. And for me, if I can't, if you haven't grabbed me within that first few paragraphs of the first yes. chapter or so, yes. I might give yes. it one more chapter. But by that time, I'm like, okay, I, I'm I don't want right. no more. <laughs> Let me read the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or be like my Absolutely. mother, read the end first, and then decide you want to read the rest. <laughs> um, but that's how I look at it. Like, okay, when I'm reading it, and I usually, my mother is my buffer. She might be my mother, right. but she will tell the 110% truth about, I don't like this. Everybody read that. My, <laughs> my mother is the truth. And so... I might write a little bit and then I'll send it to her. Mama, yeah. read this and tell me what you think. And if she says, okay, I think I'm wanting to know some more, I'll send it to somebody else that's not related to me and let them read it. I have the best friends in the world. They will tell me the truth too. <laughs> and so I'll send it to them. I say, read this. And I say, okay, this is all right. We'll take this part out. What you mean by that? And I'll go like that. So if I know that I've captured them and I have some harsh critics in my family and harsh critics in my friends. um, So if I know I've captured them, then I might be ready to go on and see what the end going to be and keep writing it. Because if I'm reading it and it's it's capturing my attention, then I can continue to write some more. And for me, if if I'm forcing it, then I have to stop for a little while. And then come back and if something else, some more inspiration hits me, then I'll write a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And so um, for you um, in, in creating uh, the books, when you first decided that you wanted to be author and you wanted to put the books out, what was, what did you want your ultimate goal to be um, when writing and for people to all over to read um, all of the books? I want them to see that, I want them to feel the story and to really know these people. No matter who it is I'm writing about, I want them to know and understand these people and want to be a part of their world enough to say, like even with the first one, some people are like, you can write a sequel about this family. Because I love this family. (laughs) Um, And even with the the next one, whenever we we get to that part, and I talk about the next book, I just want people to be enthralled into it and say you have to read a book by this author because she takes you out of where you are and brings you into this story like you are there you know these people absolutely 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 and uh, of course uh tonight uh we're talking about uh your book uh still miracles and so uh for the folks out here tell us a little bit um about uh, what we're going to read about when we um, check out Still Miracles. Well, Still Miracles, Still Miracles is my story, um, a, a portion of my story. And yes. not that I am not the first woman to lose a child um, right. in stillbirth, and I'm sure I, I'm certainly will not be the last. But mm-hmm. the 
but it's not so much about the loss as it is the triumph after the loss. Right. And understanding why things happen in your life and why things are purposed in your life for a reason Mm -hmm. that you may not get it at that point. You may be angry. And I went through a lot of stages of anger, anguish, pain, hurt, just not understanding Mm -hmm. and questioning God. Like, why is this happening to me? I did things the right way. I got married first. I had, then I got pregnant and I waited for a while and I did all these things. It's like, I, why my baby? And right. I'm sure other people have had that thought process. Um, Absolutely. And I wanted to put it into words so that people can feel feel that they're not alone and understand that Absolutely. you felt the way you felt and it was okay to feel the way you felt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and going through that uh, and just rewinding um, back a bit uh, to the time when you um, first, you know, went through that process of losing a child. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes the first thing of friends that I've had who, and family members as well that I've had who have lost children, immediately, some in some cases, they go to, well, what did I do? You know, what did I do uh-huh. to cause this or, you know, uh, what was going on with me and so forth. And so did you find yourself in that mode of, of why, you know, why why me and what's going on with me to, to have caused it? I did. I did. I, mm-hmm. I blamed myself for a very, very long time. What mm-hmm. if I had lost a little bit of weight before I got pregnant? What if mm-hmm. um, I had known my blood pressure was in danger of being high? Because um, wow. I didn't yeah. know. I had no clue. I had no problems, no health issues, none of that. I was basically labeled low risk because I was otherwise healthy. And then all of a sudden, boom, Mm -hmm. blood pressure spikes out of nowhere. And there was nothing I could do. And when you, pregnancy is just one of those things that you have no, you have no control over. And I'm so used to being in control of what's going on Mm -hmm. that that was that control being taken from me was very disheartening and very um, disconcerting. It just, I was so uncomfortable during that time. And then right. I went through the entire blaming and crying and blaming some more, no matter what anybody said, mm-hmm. it did not console me. Absolutely. Because in my Absolutely. mind, it was my job to protect her and I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so for you going through that process, um, what did you learn? Um, about yourself doing that process of when it immediately happened? Because I think that sometimes we, like you say, we cry and we, um, you know, get down. And so sometimes we don't recognize our own strength, you know, during those times um, that that we're going through the various things. And so um, during that time that you were going, what was it that made you decide, you know what, I have to get out of this. I have to realize that this wasn't my fault, that it it had nothing to do with me. Uh, When was that moment that you realized that you weren't at? When I wrote this book. Mm. And it's been May 19th would have been her 11th birthday. And and I finally got to a place of peace when I wrote this Mm. book. Because when I started writing it, I realized I wasn't as okay as I thought I was. Right. 
Absolutely. Um, I had moved beyond like crying all the time about it, but it was still very ingrained in my mind, especially when it was presented back to me because somebody else that, that was connected to me went through it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized I wasn't as okay as I thought I was. Um, and so when I started writing the uh, book, it took me a couple, it took me about a year or so to write this book because I had to keep stopping and processing. Right. Right. Wow. Absolutely. And so what what I want to do is I want to take a little break, but I, when we come back, I want to talk about how losing a child affects, you know, your relationship overall, your marriage overall, your family dynamic, because a lot of times people, you know, assume that it affects um, just the mom, you know, because, of course, she's carried the child. But uh, it also affects the husbands and, and the grandparents and all the, you know, and other children, if there are any, um, in those circumstances. So what I want to do is I want to take a little break, um, but we're going to come back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And we are joined by Arthur V.C. Moses Johnson, um, author of Steel Miracles, you guys. And, of course, before the break, um, V.C., I, I was posing the question, how does losing a child affect um, not only just the mother, but the father involved in the family? So for you, how did you also see it affect your family? Because oftentimes people, you know, they're consoling the mother um, in what she's been through. Um, and so a lot of times the father and, and other family members take it hard as well. Uh, so what did you learn about your spouse during that time? Uh, well, my husband was amazing during that time. Mm-hmm. He was devastated because we mm-hmm. both were in the room together when we found out, and wow. um, we were both we were both hysterical with sadness in the doctor's office. Yeah. And um, but he went into full protect my wife mode. Yeah, and yeah. put his grief to the side. So a lot of people didn't really, they didn't, not to say didn't pay attention to him, but mm-hmm. they were all making sure I didn't roll off a cliff with my mm-hmm. with my depression and my sadness that they didn't really talk to him about what he was right. going through. And right. he didn't really come to terms with it until years later that mm-hmm. he actually confronted it because we got... Um, Right before I found out about it, we had had the school that I was working at at the time had given me a shower. 
So we had one of my students gave me this beautiful memory box that was supposed to be Mm. for, like, the baby's pacifier or shoes and those types of things. So it ended up, who would know, that a memory box would be a memorial box. But um, we were going through some stuff, and we were trying to – I was giving away a few of her things that we had, like clothes Mm. and things like that to some friends who were having babies. And Mm. that's when he – that's when it hit him. Yeah. that we don't have this child. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times, so when he, when I was ready to finally get this book in the book format, the manuscript in the book format, that's when I, that's when I asked him to write the foreword. Wow. Okay, because I think men need to hear from the father. They need to Absolutely. hear your perspective to know that it's okay for them to feel. Right. It's okay for them to be sad. It's okay for them to grieve right along with their wives because that was their child too. And then with my parents, this was their first grandchild. This would have been their mm. first grandchild. And so mm. my dad, my dad is, is he loves everybody's baby. But to finally yeah. know, because he thought he, his his words were, I'll be dead before my children have children. But mm. <laughs> he, didn't, no. he didn't think we can go have no kids. Because yeah. <laughs> I have an older brother, and he doesn't have kids either. He's like, no, my kids ain't going to give me no crying grandchildren. But, <laughs> so when, I, when he found out I was pregnant, he was ecstatic. And so for yeah. a long time, he just, he never really talked to me about it. But he, mm. my mom said he just kind of went in the kitchen and just sat for a while by himself. And didn't really say much. Mm-hmm. Um, he still didn't say a whole bunch about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he he's come, but it really did. It affected him more so because he he was looking forward to having a grandchild, especially a granddaughter. And um, right. for my mom, it affected her as well. And my mother-in-love and father-in-love, they were very concerned about us. They were sad. Yeah. They were very concerned about me and my husband. Yeah, yeah. And how we yeah. were gonna go with that? Absolutely. Because the thing about it is that you, you know, you you've experienced a loss, but a lot of times a loss can create division between people. You know, um, mm-hmm. going through that grieving process because everybody's in their their feelings and and feeling all different kinds of ways, and so to hear that people were actually concerned about you, you know just you guys and how you guys were being able to process it because and it goes back to what we were saying you know you were saying about your husband how he instantly turned into protector mode, and I think that for a lot of times. Um, men become our protectors because they're trying to, you know, shield us from the the hurts of the world, but they're also trying to protect us from any more harm coming to us. Um, But oftentimes we don't always know what's going on with them because most men, you know, they keep those feelings internally um, and don't always share them. So you never know. It's like, I always say it's like, you know, (laughs) trying to break through to, you know, cement sometimes, trying to to get to the feelings and yeah. Exactly. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. Yes. It's like trying to, you know, that cement has been poured on and you're up there like with this shovel. You're steady trying to beat it because you're trying to get those feelings. You're trying to get those emotions out. And so um, I think it's good that people are ultimately overall concerned um, about the, the dynamic of you guys' um, marriage and well-being in itself. And so I wanted to ask you, 
And I heard you mention that uh, it would have been her 11th birthday. Do you ever get past, or do you believe that it's something that will always be with you? Like, you know, is it is it something that, that will always continue to, to stick with you, like little things constantly remind you? Do you believe that that will always be there? Yeah, I think it all it yeah. will you'll never forget. Um yeah. it'll always be with you, but you get to a point where you're at peace with it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mm-hmm. plague you to the point where you can't function. So initially for years I couldn't function um in that grief. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't be around other women who were pregnant, my very yeah. dear friend my son's um, godmother, she she and I were pregnant at the same time. Um, oh. And I couldn't, I couldn't go to her shower. I couldn't, I could not be around. I couldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so for a very long time, I just could, I, the idea of babies would just pain me so much my chance to do it. I I felt failure every time I would see somebody else have a baby, get pregnant, have a baby, get pregnant, have a baby. And I said, I couldn't do it. And so I just retreated Hmm. and stayed in that for a long time, but it never, it never goes away. But I finally got to a place of peace because I understood the purpose. Right. And once I understood the purpose, then I could not look at it as, something that was taken from me, but there, mm-hmm. there was a reason why that had to happen. And right. I talk about that in the book. Absolutely. 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 And, and through the process of, of dealing with all of this, when did you come to the, to the realization that you had to move forward? Because a lot of times when we are depressed and, and and I don't know about men because I, I I of course I've never been one. But as women, when when we low, <laughs> we we are low. We are, we are down in the dump, child. Like <laughs> yes. you know, we yes. we we are really down. Yes, uh, regardless of what it is, you know, uh, it, it could be something that you know very minor to some people, or it could be something you know very serious, as in your case. But a lot of times, as as women, it takes takes us you know, a minute to, to get out of those ruts, you know. And so, what you know, what was that day like or, or time for you when you said, okay, you know what, I, I have to, I have to, you know, get up and I have to function and I have to 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 walk in my faith and know that this, this served a purpose for our lives. It took, honestly, it really took me a very long time. Mm-hmm. I I would say walking depressed, functionally depressed, walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I can, because I love to laugh. I love to crack jokes. I love to just, I love to not be unhappy, but I was right. truly in a low place. Because even mm-hmm. after my pregnancy and after I gave birth and all that, I was like, well, I gave birth. I don't have a baby to show for it, so I felt crappy about that. And then after that, I'm just like, you know, um, 
what do I what do I do at this point? I mean, I was just thinking. And then after the then after I gave birth, I went into a lot of other health issues. The blood pressure never regulated back, and then I started having anxiety attacks and all these things because up until that point, I I thought quote unquote nothing was wrong with me. And then after I lost my child, I thought everything was wrong with me. So I went from one extreme to the other. And it was a very trying time. And I still, when it comes to that aspect of my life, I don't deal with the depression anymore of that aspect of my life. I may go up and down on some other different issues. um, But as far as my infant loss, that was really taken away as I wrote the story. That helped me heal. The writing helped me heal. Wow. And for the women out here who have experienced that, how would you encourage them on the steps to, or is there, you know, because I know everybody grieves differently. I know everybody has a different process of grieving. How do you go about getting out of that depression? What what steps should they take, you know, as far as, you know, talking to, to other people or, or, or what should they do? I know for me, talking to someone who went through it helped um, some. As I've gotten older, um, talking to a mental health professional, there's no shame in that. Right. And I went and talked to a mental health professional just about coping mechanisms in general because that's a lot of trauma to go through and to not ever have talked to someone, a professional about it, that's a lot. Because your body went through different changes, your mind went through different changes, and I was just kind of in it, not alone, but in my inner self alone. And thinking that, okay, time will, time will heal our wounds, but it didn't. Um, so finally sitting down and talking to someone to kind of sort through some stuff, um, that helped. So don't be ashamed to seek professional help if that's what you need. Or don't allow people to tell you how to feel mm-hmm. when you're in that situation because unless they've been there, they really have no right. And even if they have, they really have no right to tell you how to feel. Absolutely. Some people are like, well, you know, you're going to make yourself sick. You can't, can't keep crying about it. You know, it's, Isn't that's, that, how, that's the way it will work. I, said, I, I think no, that's, that's not like what a I common, mean right that has to be like a common saying. Uh, for people like you're gonna make yourself sick, like how much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm and like, I am like... already sick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I'm sick. I mean, how much sick am I gonna get? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I try to tell you. I mean, they mean Absolutely. well, but they just—if you don't know what to say, just yeah. don't say anything. <laughs> and I love that you said that because my next question to you was going to be how should the family members handle about that? Because I know for some people, whether it's, you know, have lost a child or maybe a a failed marriage, whatever it be, sometimes people continue to ask you the same questions over and over again. You know, every time they see you, it's it's the same questions. And so how do family members, how should family members 
um, respond to or, you know, learn appropriate ways to communicate, you know, with a person who has, you know, gone through the loss? I think if you, sometimes you might, if they need to say something, just let them talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to feel as though you need to respond back to what they're saying. They might just need you to hear them. Right. And then you need to understand that they're in a different place, especially no matter how much you will for them, pray for them, but no matter how much you will for them, pray for them, until they are coming out of that, they're not coming out of that just because you said so or just because you wish they would. That's going to take a minute, and if you don't, you have to understand that and be okay with that. Now, if you see them sinking into an abyss of where they may harm themselves, then you need to step in because they're getting to a place where they might need some coaxing to bring them back through. But at no time is it okay to say, you know, you need to move on from that and you need to, find some peace on that and you know um it's just god's will and maybe maybe it wasn't time no that's not what you say because that's not Mm. what they're hearing right now that's not what i'm hearing right now i didn't my my faith my my belief in god did not waver but at that point in time in my life i don't want to hear about the will I understand that he has his will, and I understand that there was a will for it happening. Mm, I understand that now, mm, but in the midst of it, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm hearing. Right. So all of your well-intentioned phrases and and words that are helping, you think you're helping, you're really not. So unless you've been there, or um, you just need to just listen, love, and learn. And that's the thing because oftentimes in another one um, um, that I was just talking with uh, a family member about today was that her one of the difficult parts that she has with, you know, with going through grief is when people say, well, they're in a better place now. Or, you know, and, and I think, uh-huh. where, you know, like you said, when you're in that moment, like that's the very last thing that you want to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think right. that. And it goes back to what you were saying, and I'm a firm believer, like, if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything, you know, get a hug or just sit there and listen to the person, but I think it's best to, you know, just either know to say some comforting things or just don't, you know, don't say anything at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if they want to cry, let them cry. Like, I'll call my mom on the phone and just cry. It's like you okay? So I said, I don't know what to tell you, baby, because I just never been through that. And that's and that's all my mom said, and that's all I needed. Right, right. She said you're gonna. She said you're gonna be okay. I do know that. She said I just I've never Absolutely. been through that, and I don't know what you're going through, but you're gonna be all right. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, uh, going through this, it eventually led you to the process of uh, writing a book about it, and. Of course, uh, we, we have to know, how did you come to the point where you wanted to write a book about this? Because I know I'm pretty sure that writing the book is it's almost, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost 
as you're kind of reliving, you know, or rewinding the tape and kind of seeing, you know, things take place all over again as they did before. And so what mm-hmm. made you um, decide, you know, to share this story um, with everyone? Well, I tell you, the the reason, and it's really funny, because the reason I wrote the book was on my social media, my son is like the star of my social media statuses um, for the most part because the things he says are hilarious. And so people were, you need to write a book about him. You need to write a book about him. Well, I can't write the book about him and not include her. So that's what prompted me to write the whole story and not just my adoption story. Um, So that's what made me write the book. And then as I was writing it, yes, I did have to relive it. And that's when I realized I wasn't as okay as I thought I was. I wasn't as at peace with it as I thought it was. So as I'm writing it, I'm bawling, crying. I had to stop. And I had to leave it there for a little bit, for a while. And so I, just, I left it for a long time, for a few months. And then I came back and wrote some more and, until I at least got that portion of the story written. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to a friend of mine, um, Tamika Sims, and I, and I asked her to read it. And when she read it, she said, "No, this ain't gonna do. You're not giving me. You're not. You're not giving me yeah. the feeling in this. I right. wasn't given enough right. because I was. I was shielding myself from feeling that right. again. Right. Um, right. And so I. But I had to. I said, if I'm not. If I'm gonna help people, I'm gonna have to tell it like it is. So that's when I went back in and dug deeper into the actual emotion of this story, the rawness of this story. So you can truly appreciate where we went from that to victory of our son. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I was with that. In going and writing um, a book and putting so much into it, um, and I usually ask other authors, especially when they have written books um, about different characters. And so sometimes people read their book and they're wondering, like, oh, is that me? You know, or, but for mm-hmm. you, for this specific book, um, were it at any moment where you hesitant about, well, how are people going to perceive this book um, or, or the events that happened where you hesitant about, you know, just being open and, and vulnerable uh, for people who would have the opportunity to read the book? Not at all. Um, because I've told, I've told that story orally, not in vast detail. Um, right. And so I didn't, I didn't find it hard to do at that point. So just writing okay. it down got a little hard just because I had to get a little bit more detail than I would have liked to. Right. But um, right. And even some parts when my mom read my manuscript, she said, mm. she said, I don't know if I told all that. No, I need to tell all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, I, I, said, know, I it... said in the very first paragraph, I'm going to try to be as transparent as I possibly can. Um, so you can understand where where I was and understand where you are if you've gone through this or you've been connected to people who've gone through this. Absolutely. And I think that oftentimes, like you said, you know, uh, your mom saying, I don't know if I would have shared this. I think that sometimes when we go beyond um, 
our own personal limitations is when we get to the point that we need to be, but also it shows those who are reading just how human, you know, how human we are. Um, to to go through these things, and especially especially for people who may have experienced, you know, a similar situation to yours, um, it allows them to be able to connect with you even more um, as an author. And um, of course, um, with this book, um, did you find yourself healing even more uh, once you had? finally completed this book, or was it kind of continuously throughout the process of of writing? I actually healed from writing it. When it was completely done, the editor had it, and she was like, you know, she said, I read it, and it's really, it's really well written, and I really could feel what you were going through, and I really didn't understand that's what you were going through. Mm-hmm. Because I, and my and my editor is in my family, and so she, they were there when it happened. Um, she said, "I just never, I never knew it until you wrote it down." Mm-hmm. Um, it helped to understand. It really gave me a, a, a therapeutic feel to get it down on paper, because it's, it's out there now. It's in black and white. It did happen. And now it's mm-hmm. there for prosperity, and you'll and I'll always know that yes, there was a time in my life. Yes, I was pregnant. Yes, I did have a baby. It wasn't a right. C-section. I had to push her out. I felt the labor pains and the contractions, and I was six months pregnant. God bless those who have natural pregnancies full term. <laughs> who have natural delivery right. full term. God bless you, because right. that thing hurt. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, I did all, I did all that pushing, but my my baby was stillborn, and that that oh. is gut wrenching. But I yeah. felt that, and so a lot yeah. of women will go through the. I don't really feel like a woman because I can't do this, or I can't do that. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, I felt it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah. and and she wasn't trying to move. They had to make her move. Um, wow. it, because really, honestly, truly, if I hadn't um, my blood pressure hadn't gone up, then it I wouldn't have even known. So it's kind of she gave wow. me the she was in there giving me the warning because as high as my blood pressure was, I would not even be here. Not only would she not be here, I wouldn't have been here. So her. Mm. It's almost like she saved me in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because she could, she couldn't absolutely. stay. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm just thankful um, that you have, have taken the time to um, share your story, share your journey um, in a book. Because I think oftentimes, you know, we go through a lot of things in life and we don't realize how. Other people are going through the same thing, you know, even though they're not saying anything or may have never said anything or, you know, never found that that courage to share their story. It's a lot of people who have been through similar situations such as yours, you know, and so to be able to read a story that somebody has went through this can remotely be healing for somebody else, you know, who has experienced it. 
as well. And so at the end of the day, what did you want people to take away from reading Still Miracles? Um, I want people to understand that there is hope after tragedy. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have to stay in a place of defeat because it, things like this, it it happens, accept it, go through whatever grieving process you have to go through, however long you need to go through it um, and feel that and know that you're going to be okay. Whatever okay looks like to you, you're going to be okay. Um, Because there our son is proof positive that there was purpose. The fact that we can speak to other couples, um, just recently my nephew and his wife suffered a loss Mm. and being able to talk to them because we've been there. So there, there was a reason we had, we had to go through that. God had to let us go through that because one, he had a son waiting for us that was going to need us. Mm -hmm. And two, other people were going to go down that path, and they were going to need somebody. Nobody Absolutely. else in my family has dealt with that. We have. And I wanted to ask you as far as when you have um, another child, how do you go about continuing to build a strong relationship with a child after um, experiencing a loss. Sometimes you see where people aren't able to really really connect with their children um, because of that loss that they've experienced. You know, it's just so heavy and it's, it's just weighed on them um, for so long that when another child comes along, uh, you know, it, it makes it hard. And so how were you able to, you know, not so much wash it away from your mindset, but Try to just sow all the love into your son. Well, we our our son uh, was adopted, and okay. when he came into our lives, fresh out the womb. No. Oh. Um, matter of fact, he wasn't even here yet. <laughs> we were at the hospital. Oh goodness! Oh, um, awesome! And it, it's really an amazing story. Uh, I, I give all the good details in the book, but he not so much filled the void, but he was our purpose. He was our reason because he was born 10 months later. Had I had my daughter, we wouldn't have been open to having him. Right. Wow. And so that's, that's how we knew he was carried by someone else to us and just for us. And it, and it's amazing the way it happened. Um, mm. And so we, we love on him and we're proud of him and he's, he's 10 now. And um, he's a character. He's every bit of boy 10 <laughs> as you could possibly be, <laughs> but he was, he's our miracle. Um. Yeah. And it's, it's it's an absolutely fascinating thing that he was totally meant to be with us and nobody else. Because yeah. even from the agency location and um, where he was born, it just, 
it shouldn't have happened the way it did, but it needed to happen the way it did. It was divinely ordered right. that he ended up with us. Um, and so that's, he kind of helped further move the healing along. And there were still days where I would have loved to have had both of them, but I knew that that wasn't right. going to be how our life panned out. Right, right. And so it's, it's so e- it's easy to love them. Absolutely amazing and uh, such a, a beautiful ending um, to your journey that you went through thus far. And a lot of times, you know, as you mentioned, when we're going through those moments of loss and experiencing, the, you know, hurt and pain and depression, all those things, we don't realize what could be in store. And like you said, you had no idea that, you know, 10 months later, you know, that that you uh, receive something just as precious, you know, and so it shows you um, how amazing how God works, you know, through us mm-hmm. um, in, our, in our lives and through our story and uh, just, just incredible. And so if you could say anything to those husband and wives who have experienced a loss uh, like you and your husband, uh, what would it be? To hold on to each other, talk to one another, because we didn't necessarily talk to him a lot about how I was feeling, but he didn't necessarily talk to me about how he was feeling. That's a man thing. But um, try to just kind of stay in love, because at the end of the day, even if you had had the, the child, you still have each other to take care of. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So it's important to kind of maintain the communication in your relationship and keep it open and understand that he suffered a loss just like you suffered a loss. You might have been the mm-hmm. carrier, but you both are connected at the heartstrings to this child. Right. And now that the child is gone, you're still left with who you started with, and that's your spouse. And so you have to mm-hmm. kind of, Keep the keep the lines of communication open, love on each other, because that's that's what you're called to do first. The mm-hmm. child is the icing on the cake, but God covers you all, and then you have to cover Absolutely. one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, well, don't, and don't be afraid. Well, don't be afraid to try again. We, I was afraid mm-hmm. to try again, and I didn't try again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would never tell. I wouldn't tell somebody don't do it. Don't do it. We went the adoption yeah. route because that's what we thought was best for our family, um, right? And and my health. But if try again, if you feel as though if you feel that in your spirit and y'all are in agreement on mm-hmm. it, try again. Don't don't be defeated and don't let fear win. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and it's well said because I think, you know, like you said, sometimes and it goes kind of back to you know listening to <laughs> to family and friends who may not always have the most uh, positive thing as well. And a lot of times, you hear about people whose family like, well, I wouldn't try again, or you know, all these different mm-hmm. things, you know, putting it out there. So, like you said. You know, if you want to try, try again and that's what you feel like you're comfortable with, you know, then do that. And um, 
I'm just glad that you're out here, you know, sharing your story and empowering those who have uh, been through this situation or may even be going through it at this time. Um, and so for the folks out here, um, I know are going to want to read it. Tell them where they can go to purchase uh, Still Miracles. It is available now on pre-order for Amazon Kindle, um, okay. and it will be available on Amazon any day now. Um, May the 19th is the official release date. I will have book in okay. hand, so if you're actually in the Columbia area, you can actually get it from me, and I will sign it from you for you. And um, I'm also having a book launch in Aiken, South Carolina, which is where I'm from, um, June the 10th. So be on okay. the lookout for that on social media and in the CSRA area on the radio and such. Wonderful. And if people want to um, connect with you as far as um, social media, uh, tell them how they would go about doing that as well. You can follow me on Facebook. You can like my Facebook page, VMJ Media Group, and also Instagram and Twitter, VMJ Media Group. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I have definitely enjoyed having you on the show this evening, and uh, I'm just thankful for you coming on here and sharing your story with us and allowing us to, um, you know, kind of get a um, idea of what the journey process was for you uh, and to see where you are now and uh, having a, a boy, a, a son that keeps you on your toes. <laughs> keeps Absolutely. you on your toes. That and, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Be on the lookout. He's a major leaguer in the making. Oh, goodness. Amazing. And that's beautiful in itself (laughs) to see. Um, Man, definitely see the sun um, after the storm. So that is truly amazing um, as well. And uh, so we definitely want to make sure that folks um, go purchase this. So, guys, as soon as it drops, um, we'll be putting a link on the Beautiful Butterfly uh, radio show page as well so you guys can um, go get it and purchase it or you can go ahead and pre-order it so by the time it releases you already got it you don't have to worry about it so um, you have any um, final words or thoughts you want to say to the um, listeners no I just want to thank you for having me on it was a blast I loved it enjoyed it <laughs> um, I look forward to maybe coming back on here again when uh, I got plays, a play coming out later on this year and I'd love to come back on and just um, chit-chat about that and just have a good time. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely would love to have you back on at any time. Just let me know, and, and we'll get things worked out. And I promise I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get, have the right titles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll provide the still water next time. <laughs> I, I think we need it time to time, especially you, dealing, being a teacher and, and dealing with kids. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost it's there. Definitely. We're almost there. 11 more days. <laughs> so you're on the countdown? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, of course. Uh, thank you so much, uh, VC, for coming on here and uh 
sharing with us. Definitely appreciate it. And as I said, you're welcome back at any time. And I hope you have a great uh, rest of your weekend. And if I don't talk to you, um, have a very, very um, happy Mother's Day. If I don't talk to you before the the weekend, um, have a very happy Mother's Day. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. Awesome. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to with you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. That was Arthur V.C. Moses Johnson, you guys, author of Steel Miracles and authors of author of Shattered, Covered, and Restored. Um, so make sure you guys head over to Amazon. Go ahead and pre-order. Uh, the book officially drops on May 19th, you guys. Uh, make sure you connect with uh, V.C. on Twitter at VMJ Media Group. Um, go over there and follow her. Uh, she helps individuals and businesses Tell their stories via print and social media. She's your social media manager, social strategy creator, blogger, author, all those great things. So go and check her out over there on Twitter.com, uh, you guys. And, of course, uh, you guys know that uh, coming up next week, we got uh, some more great things in store for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to tell you who's going to be on the show uh, next week. We'll be right back with some more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
Afro Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Once again, a big thank you to V.C. Moses Johnson, author of Steel Miracles, you guys. Um, head over to Amazon and pre-order um, her awesome books. And you can also uh, purchase her um, other debut book um, entitled Shattered, Covered, Restored, you guys. Uh, so make sure you guys go and support her, connect with her on social media and Twitter um, at VMJ Media Group, you guys. And, of course, coming up, coming up, coming up um, next week uh, for my sci-fi fans and sci-fantasy um, science fiction. Hey, you guys are going to want to tune in um, because on Tuesday we got author Brian Thompson from Atlanta, Georgia. He's going to be coming on, and he's going to be talking talking about um, his book entitled um, Immortal. Uh, so he's going to come on. So all my sci-fi fantasy fans, uh, make sure you tune in. And uh, then coming up next Thursday, we got author Linda uh, Watley. She's going to be coming on here and joining us with her new book as well. And that's all going on. Same time, same place. 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over here on the beautiful Butterfly Show. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, for you guys out there, Celebrating Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Um, if your mother is no longer um, here, um, you um, hope you have a great memories and uh, just a great time uh, keeping their memory alive and their love alive uh, for you um, and your family. So with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here, uh, but I'll see you next week. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Have a great weekend. The living words they Come on.
what we like to call you, Jesus, Jesus. That's what we call you, yeah. You were born in a manger, but on a tree to die to save his majesty. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.